What's up, everybody? Welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Dryson, and this is a headline show. We got a good show for you today. Make sure you follow us on all the things on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, You can get show clips and other gems for the show. I've been posting stuff periodically through the week so people can kind of get some clips and things. I know not not everybody can watch like a long, long video form thing every week. I don't do it unless it's like... I don't even watch my own podcast when it's long form. Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) You know, something like... uh, Something like... um, uh, you know the things that the things that I do watch, like I'm dedicated to them. But like sometimes I have to just get some clips because I don't have time. And uh, so um, I enjoy sometimes when like like I'm a big I'm a big uh, David Pakman fan, right? So like I try and watch the long form when I can. But I do enjoy like if I'm super busy and I can't watch it, that the clips are on TikTok because you know then when I'm in the bathroom <laughs> watching TikTok, that's that's where all the clips need to be watched, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have. So I've been trying to put that stuff out there. You know, sometimes I mean, even even to post a clip that you just have, you know, and it's just like good to go. You still have to take the time to post it. You got to figure out the hashtags and you got to figure out, you know, all the things, right? And so you got to post it. So there's still some time so that it takes. So I'm I'm trying to do that, but I'm trying to make things more of a more of a assembly line process yeah, for myself. Absolutely. Uh, because we dedicate a lot of time to this every week, you know, and, and with the new format, it does take more dedication because there's like things like graphics and, you know, there's more prep time, you know, uh, for, for a while I was writing the show notes right before the episode and, uh, that's just due to time, but it doesn't make for the best episode, especially if you don't have a guest, right? So, um, trying to give you more in 24 that's the point right so um so hopefully it's stuff that people like and hopefully it's something the stuff that people actually watch and will get some traction and things you know sometimes it's hard hard to see you know like we got a lot of traction on like stuff about graphics cards last week for example right and it's like all right well maybe people want to see that more than they want to see something on redshift i don't know so I'm trying to work this thing out. There's definitely a um, just a there's just so much noise, right? It used to be like if you had a show that you did on YouTube or iTunes, whatever, you were maybe one of X amount of people that were doing it, you know, and and it was a smaller number. And now just everybody has a show. Everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's got a YouTube Truly. channel. So uh, we're hoping to bring you stuff that you actually like to watch so you know and add a little bit of uh like education entertainment value the whole thing the whole nine yards so um so that's uh that's what we're we're aiming to do and um speaking of more in 24 uh just wanted to mention what's coming up we've been doing these headline shows but we're also going to be doing we'll still be doing interviews and things just a little different than before so remember that next week uh Kristen Showquist is going to be on the show. Uh, she's going to join us. Uh, she she was with us in Miami. She's one of Brodeur's former students, and I believe her husband was as well. I think that's. I think they met at the college. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to ask her. Uh, but she's great. Uh, we had a good time hanging out in Miami, and she's going to join us, and we're going to chat a bit. Uh, and then the week after that is going to be Jules on the show, and I'm I'm really excited about it just because it's always a great show, of course. But the fact that I don't feel like I've talked to Jules much lately, 
even at meetups and stuff, like, he hasn't been able to make it because, obviously, you know, when you have a kid, you have to take a little break and get used to it. I imagine, I mean, this is his first kid, so, like, this is going to be, I'm sure it's a lot, especially when you are Jules Urbach. You know, like I, I feel like every single business, every single entrepreneur that that's that's started anything has the the pre-family business phase and right. the post-family business phase. Right. So I'm very curious to see how what's going to be different between now and like three years from now. Right. Yeah. I'll be, I'm I'm was thinking about writing him a letter too. I need to write him a letter. Just I'm I'm gonna say like I I want to you know maybe there's a little bit of advice I can give him having had two kids, you know. And um, and just uh, congratulate him and say, hey, hang in there because when you have your first kid and you're in the throes of the first couple months, it is just a blur, you know. Maybe give him a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, I don't know. Hope that it's not always going to be this bad. <laughs> just the first five years, that's fine. Yeah, just the first. <laughs> I mean, it, it's still yeah. Beyond that, it's still difficult too. But I mean, like the beginning when you're just like. What day is it? What hour is it? I don't even know. You know, we were we were pretty lucky. Our our kids, all three, uh, slept pretty pretty consistently early in life, and so our journey into parenthood wasn't wasn't that terrible. But I do know friends of mine that they had a different experience, and so I definitely empathize. So hopefully the best. Hope for the best. Yeah. Like Casey said, the first two years years are nuts. Yeah. And and uh, speaking of which, one of the reasons that we are able to bring you more in 24 is because of our sponsor, Otoy. They're the makers of Octane Render and the Render Network. And uh, Jules is uh, – he's the dude. Jules is the dude. And he um, and his company uh, graciously have sponsored us uh, to be our universal sponsor uh, for quite a few years now. And um, – they they really understand who we are they 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 understand what we're doing you know this is a a community um of motion designers and there's kind of a tradition in community of motion designers uh and and kind of a feel that not everybody in the industry is aware of and that's something we're trying to continue to spread um I know that uh, Paul Babb is one of the people who has, has really um, created that feeling for motion designers, and um, he's he is moving on from from Maxon. And uh, times change, and um, things like uh, or, or uh, things like the events that Otoy does, you know, the meetups and things where we can all chat and stuff. Like they just they understand that that is the the vibe that we're trying to keep up here. And so we really want to thank them for helping make our show possible. Uh, you can you can get Octane Render and Render Network and make beautiful renders and render them quickly. So just go to otoy.com and uh, and check them out. We got a poll follow up last week. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to catch it or not, Dryzen, but um, I voted. Oh, you did. Okay, good. So, I did. Um, the the question was which design technology advancement will have the biggest impact on twenty twenty four, and nearly unanimously in this poll, it was AI tools, just like across the board. I don't I don't think it's a surprise. It's kind of an easy one, right? It was a softball poll. We already knew the answer, so I would have been surprised if it was something else. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, that's where it's going. The uh, Monday meeting this morning, the whole discussion about things going on with AI. It's it's 2021 all over again, except instead of crypto art, we're in AI. And the AI stuff is lasting longer than the crypto stuff did already at this point. Uh, I am excited <laughs> for the AI bubble to pop, kind of like NFTs did, just because mm-hmm. the more I'm, because I'm using AI a lot, like ChatGPT or or just all over the place, just mm-hmm. to kind of like speed up our processes, organize my thoughts, and there's some really cool use cases that I found. But the more you use it, the more you realize it's so predictable, it's so it not genuine, un- inhuman, and I think the more that the general population of non-designers and non-writers and non-everything else picks up on that, it's just going to change and not nearly be as impactful in our industry as it is today i think there's a to me there's a standard on how good ai is on whether or not it can write a good joke (laughs) i have tried i have tried i have tried i have tried to train it i have tried to it will not write a good joke the the best that it can do for me is use a no not i'm sorry it's not the best for me. It's the best that it can do is to write these stupid jokes that are just similes that have nothing to do with anything else. Similes or metaphors, right? So it'll write a joke like, the new version of Cinema 4D is out, and it will save you so much time, it'll be like running through a forest full of... Like, it doesn't make sense. Or it'll be, it'll be <laughs> like having, a, having an assistant who's had too much coffee to drink, and you're like, that is awful. That is that is the worst quote joke, like, and and it's always the same jokes like that. Like something, it's like or as, and I'm like, you you can't write a joke. You don't understand what I'm going he- for here. Like just you know, um, because it's it's generative text fill. It's not true AI. Mm-hmm. AI oh, then, is just a marketing term right now. Absolutely. And when I when I say don't use similes and don't use like or as and don't make comparisons that have like jokes that have nothing to do with the subject matter. It just, it just, it doesn't get it. It doesn't yeah. get it. So I don't think we're in trouble yet. That's going to be my. That's going to be my ultimate uh, litmus. Is when test. it can write a good joke. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll know I, that we're getting somewhere. I'm not sure how comfortable I feel about AI making jokes if it becomes Skynet. You know, that would just be like end of the world AI. Ha ha ha. Here's the funnies. I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> Makes me nervous. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of AI, let's get into some headlines here. Maxon stirs the pot. <laughs> uh, the creative cooks are not happy with this recipe. So this is uh, an incident that happened this week where Maxon posted some AI art on one of their thumbnails had nothing to do with the actual content of the video. It was on VFX and Chill. Uh, and I'll preface this by saying that the people at, at Maxon are, are friends, and the people at VFX and Chill are friends. And um, this goes back to last week's conversation. Um, I, did you catch... Oh, hey, look, Camp MoGraph. I got Camp the- MoGraph, Australia. All your <laughs> tickets on wrong. sale now. Oh, no wonder. I'm on- I did that last week, too. I did the same exact thing. There we go. Um, I, I did the same thing. So um, last week we were talking about the fact that um, the, the Wacom incident happened, and then 
if you're a, a, a company that is making those types of tools, right, that, that maybe it's not the best idea to be using AI because it kind of like undermines yourself, right? So I'm uh, guessing they didn't listen to that episode because Maxon, you know, did this this week. Um, but Hashi and Seth didn't they stated actually that they really didn't think it through and I, I completely understand that because this is a callback from something that they did last year right they um they were doing a i think it was a video where they were doing some character rigging type stuff and and you could put it into like a photo of somebody so they had this ai photo i think and they like used the motion to like make it animate or something not a big deal and all it was was that the thumbnail was a callback to like this thing that they did a long time ago had absolutely nothing to do with the video and um we use ai art in what we do like camp mograph stuff and mograph stuff whatever there's backgrounds there's things i use ai art and it doesn't mean that i'm not aware of some of the ethical implications right like I'm concerned with it as well. So, you know, don't get me wrong on that. It's just, it's, I, I think everybody's excited about it. Everybody's excited about AI art when it comes to like the technology, when it comes to the other issues, that's a different story, but we nerd out. We're nerds. We're, we're artists. We're tech nerds. And somebody comes out with a cool AI tool. I'm not necessarily talking about just AI art stuff. I'm talking about chat GPT and you know, all these things that you can use to help you in your day to day. We nerd out about it. And Hashi and Seth are the same, uh, the same type of people, right? We hang out with them at events and, and they come to stuff. And, um, Justin, is this an AI generated George Lucas on MoGraph podcast? Off to Twitter I go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, we we hang out with these people. We know who they are, right? And we're we're just nerds messing around with things. And the problem is that when you work for somebody else, you got to go by their rules. So I I understand. Uh, I understand that that situation. I think, um, and I understand their enthusiasm. For you know, we sit here and we talk about how to integrate AI into your workflow as an artist. How can you make your life easier? How can AI make all of our lives easier? So, so when you're doing stuff and you're enthusiastic, you just you're not thinking about that at the time, and that's where I feel kind of bad about it. Um, but then again, but if, if you're trying to sell a tool by using a tool that could potentially put you out of business, it's not the best decision ever, right? And um, you know, apparently that is their policy at Maxon. Um, however, I think there's a, yeah. a scalability part of it, too, where, like you said, at Camp MoGraph, you guys are using AI to help generate like images to to fill in for promotional materials. But you're a team of four friends working together as a passion project to make this huge thing to give back to the community. Contrast that with larger companies that have, you know, hundreds of employees it, it seems almost like a disservice where you want to really give time to promote the artists and, and support the artists mm -hmm. so the artists continue to buy from you. Um, so I, th I think the difference there a little bit is just, just the scale, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they said it wouldn't happen again. They, um, they put up an apology, uh, Maxon did, and um, 
I don't know. I feel like it's a lot. I feel like it's a bit much. I feel like the the apology was like almost too much, in my opinion. Like, um, I, I it just just the over apology apology. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Over over apologetic. Yeah, I, I mean, it just it just seems like a lot. I don't think there's any reason to be this apologetic. Um, actually, let's let's watch a clip right here um, because we actually have a couple clips of the apology video uh, that um, Seth and Hashi made. Narrated imagery in a post that Axon made promoting our show VFX and Chill. And for a company that makes useful and diverse tools for artists, that was pretty stupid. This image was not intended to be endorsing the unethical use of AI, nor was it intended to deceive anyone into thinking we used a Maxon tool to create such a objectively subpar piece of work. Bottom line, using it was stupid. And also not to mention against Maxon policies. Maxon has always celebrated artists because without artists, the tools that Maxon creates wouldn't have any purpose. We shouldn't have done it, and we won't do it again. Period. Period. Uh, VFX and Chill is a show about figuring out techniques and solutions to problems faced by visual effects artists, uh, as well as, and this is important, uh, exploring many of the tools that artists create with. Some of those are tools that were created at Maxon, like uh, Cinema 4D and ZBrush, and some are created by others, like After Effects. And there's no question that machine learning tools are becoming more and more part of the modern artist's tool set. So we've talked about them. Yeah. So these guys have a passion for digital tools, and same as us. And they're enjoying trying to figure out how to put them in their workflow and telling people what they learned about them and, and all of that. So so I love the passion that they have. And, and I hope that they weren't too hard on themselves. I think that um, because they are employed by somebody and they – I am not going to – I don't want to speculate too much and say, you know, they got reprimanded. I don't know. But because they had to do an apology, there's probably something there and they work for somebody. So they've got, they've got to abide by those rules. But like, I feel bad because I know what happens on the internet when people get their pitchforks out, right? It just makes you feel crappy. You know, Twitter is such a freaking hate fest to me, in in my opinion. And I, and just the pitchforks come out and like, you guys realize that like these two guys are probably working hard to get this stuff out. Oh, just put that thing in there. It was not like they were sitting there plotting. Mat- mat- you know, being meticulous. Yes. We're going to overthrow. Yes. No. And they admitted no. to the, they admitted to the mistake and that's fine. And it's just like, I, I, if, if they hear this, I, I hope you guys were not too hard on yourselves. I, I feel like the, the internet and people's comments on the internet does not, it's not it's not balanced right you go to amazon and what happens i'm gonna look up this product oh this product sucks because it was missing a sticker and you know what and and it's just all the bad things you just get all the bad things on twitter so there might be a thousand people that saw that there might be a hundred thousand people that saw that and I don't know how many views the the tweet got right but like that compared to how many people were actually upset and then the amount of people that were so upset that they had to like completely bash i feel like it's just a bash fest i feel like it's just the a moral of the story don't read the comments 
Yeah, or just I guess just to don't post on social anymore at all, right? Like think about like if if anybody did this stuff and there were no comments, right? Say that the comments didn't exist, and say that the the social aspect, the Twitter threads and things like that, didn't exist. Your life would still go on. Like nothing is going to, you know what I mean? It's just like the comparison of um, when when you're sitting in your office and you got all the way to the world on your head and you've got all the anxieties and the pressures and the, all the other stuff. If there was an alien looking down at you, they would just see somebody sitting at a desk, right? Like those things are just so in another universe. I, I feel like um, when, when you do things, it's just, and, and people don't like it. It's amplified on the internet like that. It's all it does for those people is nothing. They write their comment and they get on with their day. And all it does for you is make you feel bad about things that maybe are disproportionately disproportionately um, uh, brought up, if that makes sense, right? Like, And that is why my favorite place to cry is in the shower. Because <laughs> there's no internet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The internet's a, a tough place really tough place so end rant i guess um so just keep doing what you're doing you know don't don't worry about don't worry about it i hope they didn't read the comments because it just it just sucks it makes you not want to i know i, I guess i've had similar things happen in the past it's like it just make, makes you not want to do it anymore but then you're not realizing that you know the 0.001% of people who are upset about something don't represent the 99.9999% out there that actually are enjoying what you're doing. So what are you supposed to do? You, you can't honestly, you happy. just, you just brush it off and you keep moving forward because that's where we get confidence from. That's how we learn as we grow as individuals. If we just let that first little bump stop us from going forward, we're never going to accomplish what's on the other side. And that's, that's everything from, posting on the internet to even just posting a, a single piece of art or, or anything, mm-hmm. you know, you just got to keep being committed, keep trying, keep going forward, keep right. going forward. We're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. And honestly, if anybody says that they had a, an easy road or a perfect road to get there, they're lying. <laughs> and you don't so, want to have to sit there and second guess everything that you're doing. These guys now, do you not think they're going to second guess everything that they're doing now? Oh, before absolutely. Before they post it, is this okay? Is somebody going to get upset about it? Like, I don't want to live like that. I don't. No. No. So, At some point, you just you put it out there. It's out there. You move forward, and you just make the next day a little bit better. Mm-hmm. My my One of my best friends worded it so elegantly. My goal in life is just to be a better person tomorrow than I was today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go to this poll here, which is what should creative tool companies do? Should they fully embrace AI? Should they take a balanced approach to AI, or should they just pretend that AI doesn't exist, right? Like, think about Maxon, right? Should they just pretend that AI isn't here? Is that the best way to go about it? Should they address the ethical concerns that many of us, are, including myself, have with AI being used because of where it's being trained? That's the thing, right? We're in the Napster days. We're stealing uh, Metallica songs in MP3 right now. That's where we're at. We, you know, and, and that's what happened. And did, did we completely say we're not going to have digital music online? 
Did we say we're never going to sell MP3s on the internet because of that? Because it was violating copyright? No. Um, some great people out there came up with solutions for it. Now, it might not be the best solutions. You still look at Spotify and people making, what, 0.01 cents per stream. Um, but I think even for a long time, like, I was guilty of it. I was pirating movies off the internet when it was first possible, right? Like, there's there's um, legal avenues now, which are actually easier than the illegal avenues. Remember BitTorrent? Did you ever, you know, and you had to get the little pieces? I was pieces. never involved. But you had like, to, like, I, I'm aware of the process, but I never... Mm-hmm never experimented i mean that or did you do napster did you do oh yeah, uh, yeah. limewire casa LimeWire, back yeah. in the day oh Getting yeah all them viruses on your computer. oh man my computer hated me but it was um it was an ethics concern right and and after you start learning about it you're like oh okay i see you know and i love ai i love i love ai i love ai art for inspiration um i you know when I'm when I'm trying to get ideas flowing and things, I love you using <laughs> Jen says bear share. I remember that one too. Uh, I I remember um, I remember learning about why it was bad to pirate. You know, and uh, then I saw that commercial. You wouldn't download a car, would you? And it changed well, everything. I, mean, I do have a three D printer, so. I, I totally would. <laughs> yeah, you can download but. a car now. Yeah, oh, Pirate Bay. And so, but now, like, if I want to watch a movie, I'm paying two ninety nine on Amazon. I don't, I don't want to go through all that trouble. I, I'm like, this is this is cool and this is legit and it's affordable, you know. So I feel like that kind of thing is going to happen in AI. And the, the thing is, AI is not going away. We can't pretend AI doesn't exist. If you're if you're making creative tools. You really have to think about you. You really have to think about what you're advertising. If it's detrimental to your company, then you know. Um, but for the most part, I think everybody else is going to probably sit through this just like we did when Napster happened. Right? We're going to see changes. We're going to see people doing the right thing. I for a while I was really happy that uh, Adobe was doing the right thing right they started doing their stock stuff and uh we're making sure that it wasn't being stolen from artists and they even had a i i believe a tag and and i this is uh i i haven't actually looked and confirmed this but somebody told me in the monday meeting this morning that they took away the ability to say whether or not something was was ai and that disappoints me because that feels like a step in the wrong direction um Companies uh, like uh, ArtStation, I believe, do that. So you have a tag that says this is AI. People can filter the AI stuff out if they want. Um, and now there's new technologies coming out, too. Like there's a technology that is able to basically poison the photos so that AI can't scrape them. You know, so we're going to see technologies like that come out, just like copyright protection and everything else. And so I'm hoping that it takes a turn in the right direction. Um, but again, it's not going away, right? So no. as an artist, what are your options? You can decide to not use it, which is fine. Uh, you can decide n- not to consume it. I, I feel like if Maxon wants to make 
which they don't. Again, their policy is not to post it. This was an accident. But let's talk about like maybe some of the people who are purposely doing it, like the college I was talking about last year. The art college that is telling you to come and learn how to do art and using AI art for the ad. Like, you're only hurting yourself. But I don't feel any reason to be upset at them for using that, honestly, because it's only hurting them. It really boils down to a a dollars and cents perspective. As a business, I can be like, hey, I can get this product for so much cheaper. Therefore, I don't have to worry about hiring artists or I don't have to worry about this and I don't have to worry about X, Y, Z. If that person goes off and does something crazy and there's a lawsuit that's reflecting badly on my stuff, I don't have to worry about it. So from a business perspective, I see the the temptation there. Mm Mm-hmm. But especially when it's working with the people that you want to ask money from, hey, we're an art school. I want to teach you to be an artist and make cool stuff. That seems like a really bad use case. Same thing as with Wacom when they did their thing last week or two weeks ago. So I don't know who had this idea, but I saw it somewhere on LinkedIn where rather than saying, hey, we're using this AI art, why don't we just say, hey, we're going to open a contest up here. All the artists submit their cool artwork if you want to have be featured on our social channel, be featured in our product here, uh, and then just use that community to supplement your your marketing and then give shout out to the people that created that content in the first place. Mm-hmm. So now not only are you building a community, you're supporting me and you're giving uh, love and attention to the people who are promoting your products. I and mean, look at our countdown just on the as show. Expensive. Our countdown on the show starts out with some of Rev's work, you know, promoting yeah. Rev's work and uh, rather than having like some AI visuals at the beginning, right? Um, Absolutely. So uh, the the thing is that Oh, where was I going to go with that Maxon thing? If, 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 um, I don't know. I don't remember what I was going to say. I had a good point, but I'll probably remember it later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Justin says those poison technologies have all been proven to be completely useless and incapable of making impact whatsoever. Oh, well, I guess mid journey CEO talked about it. That's very interesting. Hmm. That yeah, um, that that was kind of the way I looked at it. You know, people find copyright ar- around copyright protection, right? So they like figure out how to block Napster, and you figure out a way to get around it. Like everybody's always figuring out a way to get around this stuff, yeah. but it's coming. What do you do? Do you quit? Do you quit the industry? Uh, you I know, think honestly, like, we get do? to a point where it's just it's so recognizable, it's boring. You know, uh, when you that, can that's point out true. and recognize things mm-hmm. that are AI art, you're just going to be like, okay, it's fine, but I want something that's actually got some soul to it or some reality to it, some some passion to it, right. because it's just going to become noise and it's not going to help businesses in the long run. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, I I was using a lot of, and I still do, use a lot of mid-journey just to get ideas. And, yeah. um, and it used to be that I would come up with all these ideas and then I would present them to clients. And now I'm getting more clients that are using it themselves to come up with the ideas, sending me the mid journey and saying, Hey, can you make this? Cause they still know they can't do anything with that image. They can't animate it. They can't do subtle changes. They can make the logo bigger and they, but they can't, Oh, change the lighting, move it over point one to the left Midjourney is not going to do that for you. It's going to give you a brand new image. Yeah. Uh, if you animate so, it, if you've tried to animate any of this stuff with Runway or whatever, you, you can't do what you want to do. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. And that's a fantastic use case because, you know, pre-Midjourney, we would spend hours and hours and hours going through Pinterest and curating boards and go, okay, how can I have these mood boards and reference images and ideas that none of which really 
can convey the emotion or the style or the look you're trying to achieve, especially when you're chasing a specific client project. So just for reference, one of the projects that we finished up recently at HyperFocus, we spent like the first day just generating hundreds of images in Minute Journey that could represent these abstract things just to get out of our own brains and say, Let's let's break the confines of what we've trained ourselves on and just get something that's new, kind mm-hmm. of exciting. And yeah. it unlocked so many cool opportunities and potential that we would not have seen otherwise. Now, granted, we didn't just say, this is what we're doing, let's go animate it. We then took everything into Illustrator, recreated everything from scratch, and we just pulled the inspiration from those pieces. Right. And I think it's an okay use case for AI. I, I really do. I believe so, too. I, I don't know if everybody's going to agree with that, but I do agree with that because the other alternative to that is going on Google image search and getting photos from those artists that maybe those were scraped for everybody. So it's does the same that. thing. It, everybody has been doing that. Like, and, and so the, the only difference is there's kind of an actual paceable, uh, traceable path to that, right? Like if I were to take, um, some Beeple stuff and some David Arya stuff and put it in a board and get some inspiration Am I stealing from them? Because it's all like all art is is just taking ideas from other artists, you know. So that it, I think the 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 one thing that people would say as the gotcha on that is, well, you're paying for it with Midjourney, right? So you are supporting them for what they're doing, and I I can see how people would be, you know, would would say that you know what i mean there is a good point you make there about discoverability of finding new people if i find one artist repeatedly that i I like their images i'm much more likely to go find track that artist down and say hey we've got a project coming up do you want to be a freelancer with us or would you help us with this project collab etc you do lose that with mid-journey and you are paying for it so that that is a very good point that i did not consider but I, i like what jen says here fashion industry uh, runway knockoffs ready to wear hit the stores the following week. You can only copyright the brand logo and name to the true originators will still make money. Um, do, does does Rolex not sell Rolexes anymore? Good point. Still, you know how many you know how many knockoffs there are. Of that I mean, that's a that's a good point. Um, and she says it's going to come down to copyright laws, which it is because if they're using the copyrighted material for it, they have to have permission. You know. Yeah. Um, so the only way see this is tough because the only way that this would change is if like the AI became like fully sentient right so let's say the AI becomes conscious and we all agree within this world that AI is conscious okay and it's a sentient being are we still going to say that because it looked at a thousand photos of other people's work that it's stealing well that all depends on its ability to make a joke Right, that's true. Very true here, Ding. And and that's kind of it, right? Like, it, the the only difference between AI scraping it and coming up with something and me scraping it and coming up with something is my eyes are only going to remember so many images and things that I've seen before, before I put it together and build something based on what those artists did, right? Yeah. So the problem that we have is that it's able to do it so well. Truly, I mean, truly, I agree. You, you know, if I had a, a um a super crazy IQ and some weird like crazy like I don't know um brain thing where I was like able to remember every single what is it called? There is a name. Some people do have this. It's um the photorealistic memory or photogenic memory. The woman from, but more than that, it's like hyper. 
Like, I have a photographic memory, but I can't remember everything I've ever seen. The woman who's on Taxi, she can remember everything. Uh, what's her name? She can remember everything she's seen. She can remember. She could tell you what date it was that day because she can see the calendar. I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? So what if she looked at 100,000 images of AI art? And what if she became a really good artist? And what if she was really good at cinema and rendering? And she used the same like 100,000 photos that Midjourney used to create her own art. Is she violating copyright law? Speculation. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. So, so now <laughs> we're coming down to whether or not it's an organic <laughs> computer or a, a physical uh, metal uh, silicon, silicon computer that's remembering the things and imitating it. Hmm? Eidetic memory, Eidetic Jen says. Memory. Thank you. Eidetic memory. I'm just saying, I'm just putting a lot of what ifs there. I'm not really trying to defend anything or, or anything else. I'm really just trying to get into a deep discussion about it because now we're just talking about what computer is doing the plagiarism. A, a human computer or a man-made computer? Something to think about. I think about. that that use case is so far in between and uh, so far above my mental capacity that I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. What happens when we integrate technology into our bodies? What happens when you do you have more memory because you know you can offload your brain back and forth onto a computer and we have implants and things? What happens when we can remember everything that we see for that reason? And then we create art. Are we not artists anymore? <laughs> Expand your mind, you don't like man. This. I don't like this at all. I, <laughs> I swear I didn't smoke any weed before this. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, there, okay, poll reminder. First of all, poll reminder. Uh, I'll bring it back up so in case anybody wants to get the QR code, you can, uh, you can check it out. Uh, see if I'll try and refresh this and see if we got any, but I didn't really leave the QR code up there for long. So give chance a chance for people to get this QR code right here and scan it and uh, tell us what you think creative tool companies should do. Fully embrace AI, give a balanced approach, or just pretend that AI doesn't exist at all. So poll reminder on that, and uh, we will be right back. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers, and everyone in between. GoGorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the GoGorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. 
And by the way, they are changing up their format a little as well. Ooh, are uh, they? They did an announcement. I'm I'm trying to see like if if they're going to go into video at all. So like you can play that on MoGraph TV as well. Uh, nice. So yeah, I was just talking to Paul the other day. Um, all right, let's go to some more AI stuff. How about that? <laughs> we'll just continue right down the road here? Um, they're they're. Are so you know? Well, it's not really AI, I guess. It's more NFT. But there's, I think, if you were following in the last few weeks, that uh, there was uh, copyright expiration of Steamboat Willie, and so of course people are trying to find ways to make money off of it because they can use it now. Uh, uh, Corridor Digital was actually um, they actually posted the entire Steamboat Willie the second it was like out of copyright. So, like, on their channel. But that was... I don't think they were trying to do a whole money grab, though. I think it was just kind of a... They're kind of uh, proving a point. Does that make sense? Like... First. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're, they're, they're trying to prove that point. But there's some other things. There's, of course, NFTs. There's this... Uh, there's this Willy ERC token and all that. And I'm just kind of like, is this still a thing like is this really still a thing that that there's still like tokens being made and there's just these new things people are shit like i just feel like that's so 2021 at this point i can't believe that it's actually still going on you know i don't know it's it's kind of exciting i mean it's something that's been around for how what when did steamboat really come out like what year was that uh, i don't remember it's over 100 years now right yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, that's why it expired. I forget what the actual number is. Disney actually, I believe, is the one who pushed to get the expiration raised, but they've been doing that for years, and so it's kind of like okay, it's it's kind of over now. But the whole like token thing, like, are there really going to be really? Are you going to buy some tokens of Steamboat Willie? Is that going to make you rich? It's like that's why I'm like I I can't really. I can't believe that that stuff's still going on. You know what I mean? 1928, um, by the way. 1928. Ah, Jed, okay. I you. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah. Because uh, if I remember right, there was a whole like big lawsuit a couple of years ago trying to extend it, make sure that the, the uh, it didn't become public. Uh, uh, the copyright wasn't lifted. And Disney was trying to fight it for a long time and keep prolonging it, prolonging it. And I don't honestly know if Mickey Mouse will ever become public domain. But right. I could see where people are like, hey, we're the first people to, to jump on this. I, I could see some hype there, but I think it'll be short-lived, and I don't know, two weeks from now, we'll kind of forget about it. Yeah, the NFTs and the coin things, I'm just like, ah, okay. Well, you know what's funny is this, this headline, Steamboat Shilly. I thought I was being really creative until I was going through some other articles, and I see that freaking Beeple posted something that day, and he called it Steamboat Shilly. <laughs> so close so close i was like really i thought i was being creative can't get chat gpt to write me any good jokes and i thought i had one you know whatever um but uh yeah an, an, an anonymous representative of disney did put out a uh statement about the nfc tokens and things though gorsh it seems pretty goofy to me oh yep. <laughs> No? No? Okay. Anyway. I should not find that as funny as I do. 
Um, let's go to an artist spotlight. We got another artist spotlight this week. It is Billy Chitkin. And I just want to say that Billy Chitkin is like such an incredible person in general, right? Like, like Billy Chitkin is so helpful to everybody on the the slack he he you know he digs into everything when it comes to crypto and nfts and like all the things he's like he's very he's a very by the book person right he's going to like when it comes to crypto and taxes and stuff like i i need to see if he'll come on the show and talk to us about some of this stuff because like he's always giving these updates like oh you got to do this with your taxes this year guys and like all of this he's so by the book he wants to make sure that everything's legit you know all, all of that and he's so helpful and he's always in the sl- like and, and hyper intelligent too yes just i wish my brain worked like his and his his work obviously is in, incredible you know i know he sold some of his pieces he didn't he didn't really get it, it real into nfts for a little while it felt like um we were saying hey you should post some of your stuff and i know he had been thinking about it and he finally did and it went went well and uh, he's very he's very good with crypto and that whole side of it and how to you know save your things onto you know like hardware hardware wallets and and stuff and he just he will drop everything and help you when you're in a jam and I just think that that's amazing and that's why he's the the artist this week you know yeah yeah I love really, Billy really I really good. do I met him met him a few times through Camp MoGraph and every time I'm just like. He's super approachable, super knowledgeable, and just a downright awesome human being. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, another person that I would love to have um, back on the show is is uh, Silverwing, which oh. I was talking to you before the show, um, Raphael Rao. I, I don't maybe you haven't followed him. Of course, are, I don't know if you're like a big Octane guy or not. So that, that kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm dipping my toe in. Yeah. Uh, it's, if you want to check out, um, if you want to check out Silverwing stuff, like it's, it's really good. And the big thing this week is that he actually is diving into Blender. He, he put his, he did his logo with the Blender, uh, or he did the Blender logo, like with his logo kind of built in. Like if you don't know his logo, this, this logo wouldn't make sense, you know, but everybody speculated that he was switching, but he's not actually switching. He's got uh, Blender for C4D users tutorial that he just put out. He says, um, I'm not switching. I am expanding. There will also be C4D Octane tutorials here in the future, which those are fantastic, by the way. He put out an Octane compositing nodes tutorial, which those compositing nodes and everything are great. They're uh, they're a great way to like kind of pre-comp stuff if you're already inside of um, Octane and you don't want to like render out like 500 layers and and different passes and put them into After Effects. But his stuff is so good, and he gets he dives into the science of it. He dives into the settings. He tells you why. You know, like if if you asked him things about IOR and specular and all that, like he knows all about the real world physics of it and everything. He just it's so good. It's so good. So so check those out. And if you are looking to get into Blender, there are some um, some reasons to and not, I guess. Like, I, um, if, if you're new to Blender, or I'm sorry, if you're new to 3D, I can see if you, that you would go to Blender, right? Like, it, that's the free one, as we all know, right? And And I think that it's like, 
um, a dilemma for for people around our age because, especially, I mean, I know it is for me. If if you're working B two B, if you're doing business to business, you get to choose what piece of software you want. And I don't feel like I have a reason to go to Blender. Um, but on the other hand, if you're just getting into it, if you're a contractor and everyone's looking for a Blender person, yeah. But um, it doesn't hurt. I to think know it, it all boils down to use the uh, sell the results, not the tool. And so right. if I need 3D and I don't know where to get 3D from, I'm going to talk to any 3D artist that can, that can deliver that particular product. Mm-hmm. And the tool itself doesn't matter. It's the same concept as, as Animation Bootcamp. So um, be familiar with how to use one or the other. And, you know, if you can do one and one thing, I'm sure you can fumble around the other side. I'm not a power 3D user. I fumbled inside of the Cinema 4D. I learned Maya a decade ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, just just... Sell the results, not the tool. Well, I didn't have a chance to watch any of Silver Wing's uh, Blender stuff yet, but uh, I have a respect for him doing for for doing all that work on it because it. Me personally, I don't feel like if I were somebody with his amount of experience and and everything, I would be able to take the time to do it. Like, right now, like, I can't even open the dang program and get into it, let alone uh, go on a bender like he did and just, like, just learn all of this. Like, he has just been in it, and I'm like, how do you find the time? How do you find the time? And I would like to know why, you know? And maybe this maybe this tutorial, his first tutorial, says why, but, like, because, because he is saying that he's expanding... But he's not necessarily moving to it. It's like, but why? Is it for the tutorials? Is it so that you have knowledge of it? Is it because you have people using it? I would like to know a little bit more more about that. Um, That'd be a great question to ask. Yeah. And, oh, who brought it up this morning in the Monday meeting? Um, Somebody brought up that the older you get, the harder it is to do that stuff, right? Or... Maybe not necessarily older, but the more responsibilities. If, if you get older and you have a family, it's harder. You barely have time to get the stuff done, let alone dive into something else, right? Um, I know how to and, do it this way. I'm going to get it done right, this way. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard to do those things. So I, I have a lot of respect for, for him uh, just taking such a dive. I know other people are doing that right, right now as well, like, uh, like Jags. I know Jags is diving into it. Uh, Nick Donnellan said that he's, but yeah, it was Jeff. Thanks, Jen. It was Jeff. And so you just got to look at it yourself. I think there's pressure. I think that's the problem. I think the pressure is the problem. People are like, oh, oh, you got to learn blender. Why? Or same with Unreal, right? I, I feel this pressure to learn these things, but I don't know why I'm supposed to be doing that. Goes back. To I the think it all comes down to the relationships you have and the business you're building. Right. If you are working with studios that require Cinema 4D, then you're going to stick in Cinema 4D. Yeah. But if you are a new studio, like Hyperfocus, for example, we we are not a 3D house. We're a 2D a 2D studio and live action studio. And so, if I need an, an artist to do 3D work. I am going to go talk to the person that I have the best relationships with, and it's not really about the tools that they use. Now, as the new generation comes into everything and they're learning new things, you know, like I said, uh, 10 years ago, I was learning Maya. I don't know Mm -hmm. very many people that start Maya anymore. And so people that are learning more and more about Blender, you know, that opens up a whole new relationship world, a whole new workforce. And so as long as your relationships are already pre-established and you are strong and you're a good communicator and your clients aren't going anywhere, 
there's not really a need to learn additional things. But if you want to just keep competing, then you got to learn all the tools. Well, here's one of the reasons I would use Blender. If I was going to start doing some sort of kid's show and it had a whole bunch of characters, right? I'm not very good at characters to begin with. So I'm going to maybe learn, if I'm going way into it, right? I'm going all in. I know that I have heard that either Maya or Blender, mainly Maya, is better for this character stuff. I keep hearing that, okay? Does Cinema do it? Yes. Do I know how to mess with it a little? Kind of. I've done a couple things. And maybe that would be a good example. But like when it comes to the day-to-day, if I'm going to do some flying text or rotate a model of someone's product and have it land somewhere like why do i need to reinvent the wheel for that if that's what i'm delivering for my clients what is going to and i think in those cases i don't think you do it's kind of like casey casey put here uh, as a mom she always felt pretty left in the dust but she keeps getting paid for what she knows and jen said that she keeps getting paid because of her soft skills Uh, we are still in a fairly early age of the mograph industry it's only been around for you know 15, 20 years on, on the long end yeah. as far as the, the current rendition of it. I mean, it goes back to the 60s if you want to get really, really crazy with it. But we don't know what it's going to look like in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. And there might be so many different diversifications and so many different uh, industries that it's going to be very clear that you're going to use this one or that one or this one or that one. And maybe you have some overlap and stuff, but not, not a lot. So mm-hmm. I think we just we keep doing what we're good at we learn tools when we can um, and don't worry about learning every single tool out there because you'll, you'll go crazy. You know, I don't need to learn Rive and Houdini and Cinema 4D and Blender and, 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 I just need to find the three or four things that are going to set my career for success, double down on them. And if they start going away, learn something new. Right. Yeah. All the, all the hype about Rive, right? Oh, Rive. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. But, like the examples I saw were like animating 2D characters, and I don't do that. So now there's pressure to learn Rive. <laughs> but why? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, but why though? But why? Uh, no. I just need to stop your listening to the internet. Pick your niche. See? Talk to those clients. Yeah. Don't worry about what the internet says ever. And never read the comments. And never read the comments. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break again. I need to uh, reiterate this poll so you can uh, get on here. Oh, oh, we got stuff coming up here. Should creative tool companies fully embrace AI, balanced approach, or pretend that it doesn't exist? Uh, if you have not put in your, um, your, what would you call it? Your, your, your vote. vote. Yeah, that's, those big words are, are difficult for me. Um, do that at the break and we'll be right back you're really gonna like this you're really gonna like this one here you go hey fellow mographer i'm dryson and i would love to personally invite you to check out frame one a podcast where i sit down with creative leaders within our industry to hear the journey of their startup story how they felt and of course uncover tips and tricks that they use to find success in their business. If you've ever considered freelancing or maybe even starting your own studio, you need to check out Frame One. Available on all podcasting platforms and of course at frameoneshow.com. 
That guy talks that a lot. That guy, man. What's up with that guy? <laughs> By the way, up next on MoGraph TV is an episode of Frame 1 with Aaron Sarofsky. So stick around Ooh. after this if you want to see that episode. Jen says in the chat, as a 2D animator, I get a lot of pressure to get back to 3D, but I don't want to. And I get that. I really do. You know, um, I, as a 3D animator sometimes do get some 2d projects and i don't necessarily want to go back to that i go into after effects and sometimes i'm just like it's taking me longer to make this explainer video than if i could have just done something in 3d and for me that's not my it's not my bag right so and there's a level of of polish to it too where i can do some really cool things in in 2d like just mm -hmm. nice nice and i can fumble my way through 3d so it's like all right yeah I, I i guess he checked the boxes so i again i just i think he doubled down on what you know yeah just and what you want to do ignore the pressure ignore that pressure right yeah there we go jen i will send you my 2d work you send me the 3d work that works there we go See, and just that is the power of community and Boom. that is how it works really right if somebody came to me with a really difficult 3d animation or a tv show or whatever no maybe i wouldn't learn maya maybe i would just big brain it and say hey you know what <laughs> hire somebody hire somebody better than you don't learn maya for that so maybe all of us need to put on our business hats in that aspect and make our lives a little bit easier and put a lot less pressure on ourselves like really like it, it makes so much sense when you think about it. If somebody comes with me to Unreal stuff, I'm not going to try and figure out how to use all of the tools. I might familiarize myself because I'm going to be kind of working with these people, but I'm not. Maybe I don't need to learn every aspect of it. Imagine that. So I want to talk about Camp MoGraph real quick before we wrap up. Camp MoGraph Australia. Tickets on sale now. Please buy. It's an epic lineup, and you're going to love it. Please buy. Oh, look, Dryson's on both I don't, of them. I don't have a script for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you did show up at the last minute, so I'll give you some slack on that. Um, let me just put myself above this headline. I don't know what's going on with this here. Here. I'm just going to do it all live, you know? We'll, well do it live. Well, while, while you're there fixing that, I'll, oh, never mind. I'm going <laughs> to shut up. <laughs> no, no. Go ahead. What's up? I, w I was just going to brag or brag about how amazing Camp MoGraph is and, and rag on anybody that, that hasn't bought a ticket yet because they are truly missing out on, on a prime opportunity to be one of the founding members of the very first Camp MoGraph Australia. Oh, and as someone yes. who attended the very first Camp MoGraph USA, I will say it is a unique honor to be able to, to claim. So don't be shy. I'm glad Jump you in came. now. I'm glad, glad you came to that. And now I will say that this is not the main Camp MoGraph for this year. This is the Australian Camp MoGraph. If you would like to come from another country, you are welcome to. But uh, we will be hopefully announcing the American one here pretty soon. Uh, we don't like to really say anything until it's like fully, fully, fully Dunzo locked like locked in. loaded ready to go you know checks been written yeah yeah so um make sure you go to campmograph.com.au and check that out if you've been thinking about going to australia thinking about taking a vacation to another country or something roam if you want to roam around the world come on down to australia and join us 
Um, we're going to have more updates on that hopefully pretty soon, but there are still some tickets left on that. So, so get on there. Uh, if you're on the fence, if you got any questions, you know, let us, let us know, hit us up, ask us, uh, any questions you might have. Uh, you can hit us up on all the channels and things. Speaking of which, what channels and things can people find you on? I am by far most active on LinkedIn, and as of recently, a lot more videos on Instagram and TikTok, where I'm trying to do my best to help educate business owners and marketers about the power of motion graphics. And it's it's traditionally my, my network has been other freelancers, other artists, and I'm trying to expand upon that. So if you have seen a piece of content, you're like, hey, that's kind of a cool point, and I know somebody could, could benefit from it please share because I'm trying to reach more and more of those people to bring more business into our industry. And you've been on that TikTok, man. You've been doing I it. apologize right now for annoying all my friends that watch <laughs> it. It's all right. <laughs> I'm giving you the likes and all of the things, you know. You got, I appreciate to. You got it. to put it out there if you're going to ever try and get an audience. And you know how TikTok is, too. We need you to post 50 billion comments and, and videos and everything every day or else you're not going to get pushed into the algorithm, derp, derp. The only piece of content I've had go viral so far was my daughter saying, this is what I sell and give me my money. Yeah. So, of course, it's not even my content. That's that's <laughs> what the Internet likes, though, you know, so whatever, I guess. Whatever. whatever. Don't read the comments. Don't read the comments. That's the title of the show. Don't read the comments. So, um, we are going to wrap up and get out of here. That was a quick hour. Thanks for uh, coming on today. Yeah, thanks for calling me. Uh, check us out at MoGraph.com, MoGraph.com slash TV if you want to watch more, including the episode of Frame 1 coming up right now after this with Aaron Sarofsky. Highly recommend it. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. We're at MoGraph.com, all spelled out, D-O-T-C-O-M. And I think I've covered everything. Just go to our websites and follow us on all the things. we got some other content coming out that is going to be just like specifically short-form content, stuff like that, uh, throughout the year. And uh, we can't wait for you to check it out. So we're going to get out of here. Until next time, I'm Dave. I'm Dryson. Have a good one. It's pretty good, I guess. Introducing MoGraph TV from MoGraph.com, a free motion graphics and animation channel streaming your favorite content and favorite artists 24-7. MoGraph TV features motion graphics tutorials, talks, tips, inspiration, and replays of popular live shows. We offer something for all levels of designer, from introductory tutorials to high-level breakdowns and everything in between. That track looks great to me. MoGraph TV features software like Cinema 4D, After Effects, Unreal Engine, what up, what up? third-party plugins, and other 2D and 3D software. We also feature live motion events, short-form clips, crypto art, and even a little photo and video editing. Learn from the people that inspire you most. And stay up to date on all the latest industry news, announcements, and community events. You'll also see exclusive offers only available by watching. 
With three eight-hour blocks each day, you'll be sure to catch everything, no matter what your time zone. Keep it on as a companion to your workday and learn something new. Meet a friend, watch a demo, catch a classic tutorial, or even find new inspiration. That's a British word? A lot of things are British words. Yes, good luck with all your projects. MoGraph TV, television for the design community, 24-7. 